there is a scene where <laughs> there's like so there are two cameras going one is like showing the one side of the gym one is showing the other side of the gym and there's like just guys fucking on all the equipment and so i came once like and then i came again and i was like on one side and like my cum like flies into the other like <laughs> scene humble so, brag yeah <laughs> there's nothing humble about that <laughs> Hi. 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 What's Hi. up? What's up? We have a very Hello. special guest in the podcast today. Very special guest. I feel special. You should. Yeah. You really. This is a, a special this is feeling. Big. Um, so Connor Habib. Hello. Here. Connor is somebody that I found. Um, I actually also don't know how I found your podcast. How did that happen? I don't know. Why would he know? I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, how do people find it generally? I, I, I don't like. I actually don't remember how I stumbled across it. Wasn't the first it Medium? Time. Did you find his writing? Oh on yeah, Medium? right. No, I read an article by you on Medium. Okay, that was cool, and I like followed to your podcast, and it was. I like the title "Against Everyone," which is obviously something. You know, I also uh, I like that title, and then I listened to it, and it was such a fascinating philosophical. Uh, discussion about kind of touching like 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 how we touch each other uh, and literally how um, podcasting is in a way touching people because you're literally like vibrating their ears in, in a cool oh. way and <laughs> there was just a lot of really interesting ideas in it and it, w- it was very independent like I could tell you were not on one side or the other you would, had your own voice and that was it which was really cool oh, thanks man and then I was like wow who is this uh, interesting philosopher and then I found out you're a gay porn star. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, true. It's true. It's so true. that just made it even more interesting. And then also Habib. I mean, I don't know. Are you? Uh, what's your that side of you? Because you're half Irish, right? Yeah, my father's from Syria, and okay. my mom is from Buffalo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I'm like Irish and Syrian. Is he Muslim, Syrian, or Christian? No, he. I mean, I would say Christian, but it's like the so Syria for a long time didn't have very many Muslims. In fact, like the Muslim number rose after September 11th um, pretty dramatically. But um, so my father, who came here obviously long before September 11th, um, he grew up in a village in the mountains in Syria, and he um, has a sort of blend of like Christian and nomadic religious beliefs. So you'd say Christian, but it's like not necessarily recognizable. Um, as a Christianity we would know here. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So Syrian though. So still, you know, it's pretty, uh, it's a, it's a cool, pretty what? It, well, no, yeah, it's just yeah. a unique, just say it, man. To Syrian <laughs> Irish <laughs> porn star philosopher is, you know, it's a lot of uh, hats there. Connor, were you annoyed uh, by Isaac's emails to you? Cause I was reading the thread and I, I was getting annoyed. Be, I knew I shouldn't have sent those. On, on, no, I, I thought they were lovely. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. His writing style really bothers me, because <laughs> he he wrote listening to the first oh, episode please of your don't, please don't do listening this, to Charles. the first episode of your cast. 
Oh my god. Uh, yeah. 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 Great shit, man. V surprising. I guess that means very surprising. Versus surprising. Versus surprising. Very great versus Batman versus surprising. Uh, and then this is how I write when I'm on mobile, which I listened to his podcast and I was eating lunch. I remember, and I was like, I gotta email this guy. Yeah, you gotta right stop now. writing that way. It seems it, it makes you sound like you're too cool. I was just reading it like. You're writing him like I'm. You know, I'm kind of a cool guy. I'm not gonna put a lot of effort into writing you an email. Oh, but it's I'm a, it's a little little how, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you're, ni- you're nice for not expressing your annoyance. Uh, no, I like. felt. I felt. You know, the dick pics really made up. For <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I, keeps I, doing that. It's a little do too cool this? though. Like his dick had sunglasses. On. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little. Yeah. <laughs> the fancy Italian Your sunglasses. Dick was daytime. A fedora. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> Sorry about the table quality. Um, so I, what, the one thing that I haven't heard in listening to you, so I also heard your appearance on media uh, something. Oh, media Roots. Right, yeah. which I thought was, your discussion was very cool uh, with her. And um, and your my favorite thing of yours is your the thing that I think uh, you, was pretty big for you, which was the essay on porn stars, which yeah. I thought was the experience of, that you had uh, dating a guy who was kind of weirded out by it. And, it, you yeah. know, I, I thought that that was just a really cool piece. And what I really love about your stuff is that, again... That's in The Stranger, right? What, what, you yeah, it's, called, yeah. it's called What I Want to Know is Why You Hate Porn Stars. That was That's probably the most popular thing I've ever written, yeah. 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 And what just what I love about your voice and everything that you say is, again... You are have you have your own thoughts about things. You know what I mean? Like you're not trying to placate any audience. And I think that, you know, you're just saying, hey, this is my genuine experience with this thing. And I'm gonna tell you the truth about it. And that's it. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna try and like find my audience, you know, because I think it's one of the hardest things for people to do. Something I want people to do more is have their own thoughts. It's actually one of the most difficult fucking things to do in the world. Um, I mean, a lot of my thoughts are not my own. I just make them sound like they are, but I strive really hard to think my own thoughts. And then also then the real trouble is like, sometimes you think your own thoughts and they're like completely, they're just sort of absurd nonsense and you have to work to communicate those to others. So that's the other part. It's like have your own thoughts, but understand that you're, you're talking to people and you're trying to communicate with people and that requires some warmth. I mean, I could just be like, fuck you. This is what I think, you know? Well, obviously like most people that are like, fuck you, this is what I think. That's they don't actually think that they're just parroting something. But um, I think when you have your own thoughts, you really, and you struggle to communicate them, you end up generating some sort of connection with other people because you really are bearing what's going on inside of you to them. You know? But you're presenting it in a way that they can digest. Yeah, exactly. In an easier way. So to tell it, why did you name the podcast Against Everyone then? Because Yeah, so I, it just is like a dual meaning. So Against Everyone is, you know, first of all, it's like the... I'm against everyone because everybody gets on my fucking nerves constantly and uh, I can't deal with it and just like all the stupid think pieces and whatever the fuck and bad politics and all that. But then there's the dual meaning, which is like against everyone, like I'm pressed up against everyone, like we're embracing and holding each other. And I think that that's if I can turn the first thing into the second thing, I know I've done my job. So basically, if I can turn fighting into fucking um uh, in a ni- in a nice way, um, <laughs> then I've got then I've got it down. Because they're similar things, and that's the, I highly recommend the first episode of your podcast where you sort of lay out this idea that touching is against. There's a 
conflict there anytime two people are touching. And that's where all pleasure and togetherness really comes from. But yet maybe now we're more afraid of touching in that way than we really ever have been. Yeah, I think so. In the first episode, I was talking about um, and this wasn't my thought. This wasn't my original thought, but um, but I understand it really well. So, okay, it's mine now. So I (laughs) when you touch somebody, you are sensing so like if you just even if you just touch yourself but if you touch somebody you're sensing your boundary right it's like this is me that's you i'm sensing our separation which is it's crazy to think that the exact thing that demarcates like that i'm a completely separate entity than you is also the exact same way that i show affection it's so uh, it's yeah so it's like that inverse the inverse is the thing that you know like you understand the truth of the phenomenon by it's like inverse opposite which is a weird thing to say but that's (laughs) there you go and so um yeah, and so I think I think people are right now really experiencing the separation that touch causes, you know? Um, they're really focusing on that aspect of it, which is fine, too. Um, and that might give us something, but, yeah. I would like to hear your biography a little bit, uh, you know, like from from day one. Okay. <laughs> That's something every, I day of your life, every day of your life. <laughs> we want a summary of <laughs> starting now. Okay. So, um... Okay, so where so where do I start? So I grew up in Pennsylvania, small town Pennsylvania. I was talking about things that which really, town? Where are you from? Um, outside of Allentown. So uh, there's a little town called Catasauqua. Hmm. Um, I was actually born in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. I don't know where is that, that is. Is that close or far? I, I don't. I don't really either. It's central, but okay. Okay, sorry. No. Um, so so why that's important is like I grew up in a super conservative area um there were kkk marches um there was a a huge skinhead like neo-nazi uh activity there lots of neo-nazis in my high school um and so as you can imagine having like a syrian dad who was you know dark complected enough that he you know he's, he's darker than some black people and i think but I think people saw him were like, what is, what are you? What is that? You know, because <laughs> it was just, there was no, there weren't that many people who weren't white in my high school. Um, and then also realizing you're attracted to dudes. And then also, you know, just being a smart person was hard in a place like that. Um, because you just, uh, nobody's talking about the things you want to talk about. It's isolating, you know? And so that was a rough place to grow up. And so like really punk rock is what sort of helped me through all that. You know, I listened to sort of just loud pissed off music that was like, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. And I was like, well, yeah, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me, you know? And, and then I started booking punk rock shows when I was a kid and I started a record label when I was 17 and um, my friends were in bands and that was a huge part of my life that there was this space of like defiance to all the shit that I hated, you know, and also finding, um, I was raised a religiously. Um, so or not a, I wasn't, I wasn't raised like against religion, but I was raised without religion. And so being able to find and create my own engagement with spirituality was really important to me too. The, I was never violated by someone's stupid religious ideas outside of, not, not in my own family, at least. I mean, in the community, there was certainly a strong religious current. So I think that also, you know, that stays with me because I talk about and think about the occult a lot and I write about it. And um, so there was all that. And then the porn thing was just so... <laughs> the porn thing was like, 
I never understood why people had a problem with porn, like ever, ever. So I remember, you know, just seeing it and realizing like, oh, that could be a job, you know? So in my like middle school yearbook, someone had signed it like, good luck being a porn star. Cause I was talking about it when I was like 11 years old, Whoa. you know? And, um, <laughs> and so before I knew I was attracted to guys, right? So like I had no problem. And then I realized that. And then like I did started feeling like really ashamed of that aspect. And then I had to go through that whole bullshit thing that every gay dude goes through. And so, um, but the porn thing was like, I don't know, I, that that showed up kind of early too. All these things just sort of happened in this weird pressure cooker of like trying to find places um, and events that resonated with me in a way that my sort of dull, dead, and kind of repressive town did not, you know? Um, you want me to keep going? <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I talk on the porn thing for a minute? Sure. Because Isaac is, as we've established on this podcast, he's kind of anti-porn. Uh, well, we can talk about this. I'm, well, I'm kind of I'm I'm interested in because we have your anti-porn. I used to work in the business end. I worked at Hustler TV uh-huh. for a while, and I think that your position is kind of odd because you right. feel what is it you feel about porn? Well, this is something I was gonna get to, but uh, we can get to it now. Which is, yeah, I think I use porn. I, I'm not anti-porn. I'm not that anti-porn. You don't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, but there is part of me that you know. I'm also a contrarian. You know, so everything that I'm being told to like is something I battle against. And I feel like a lot of people are being like, "Porn's great," or not "Porn's great," but just like masturbation is wonderful. Um, doesn't it? There is a feeling after I'm done jerking off that's not great. And it's not shame either, because I've never been taught that that's shameful in any way. I don't think it's shame. I think it's like there's something about it being a screen. It's something about that I'm making love to a screen instead of a real person that feels bad to me. And I feel like when all the men in society can get that discharge without having to actually go out and fuck actual people, it can lead to this sort of, I think a lot of what we're dealing with now where touching is so abhorrent to people because guys don't really need to touch anybody. They can just go home and whack off. Yeah, so... I'm sure you've heard this argument before. Yeah, well, yeah. I just, I think... It's not a very... I think the pro- <laughs> it's not no, a very I interesting mean, argument. But I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like, no, it's... Uh, look, it's better than some other arguments. Let's, yeah. let's, let's face it. There's some really awful ones, so this is not the worst. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. Yes, I understand this feeling that you're talking about when you come and it's, like, done and this, like, weird feeling can sometimes rush in. Part of that is... Part of that is that feeling is something that we never talk about and we're not equipped to deal with um, as a culture. And so we experience that feeling as guilt and shame or whatever. I know you're not saying it's that, but like some people experience it that way. And those are the words that people would use to describe it, you know, who aren't just saying, I get this feeling and it's kind of like a weird feeling. Um, I think that what you're experiencing is in some ways a fundamental aspect of the, um, sorry, sorry, in some ways a fundamental aspect of just um, sex and masturbation in general. And I think sex too, where, um, w- 
we expect it to fulfill something that it rarely fulfills. And I think in general, this is true about things that we desire. The problem with getting what you want or coming is that when you get what you want, you can't want it anymore because you have it. So what we want is to want what we want, not to get it. And we have to be able to fall in love with like wanting things instead of instead of getting them. So this is like a basic psychoanalytic principle. This is like what Freud talks about is what this uh, philosopher psychoanalyst Jacques Lacan talks about after him. But this is this vein of thinking, which is like there's always going to feel like there's something missing from most things in our lives and looking for ultimate satisfaction. That's the problem. With yeah, the experience totally, you're totally. Yeah. So so when people are telling you like, oh, well, sex is like this gratifying, amazing sure. thing that blah, blah, blah. And then also that's supposed to carry over to masturbation, which is crazy. It should be, I'm doing this because I engage in these feelings, this feeling of I watch these images, I come, sometimes there's a variation in the experience, but a lot of times it's very similar. And then sometimes this other feeling, this sort of vacancy like rushes in afterwards, that's what the experience is. And if you can see it as that, and you can just like the entirety of that, then there's no problem. So I, I think that that's you. how... I, I see what you're saying, but I'm, I'm also not totally... I think you're, you're absolutely right. That having some expectation that this is going to be great is... You're, you should look at it as the whole experience, which is, I think, what you're saying, which is sometimes there is this chasm afterwards that's part of kind of the whole thing, right? I, I get that. You get the same feeling... When you hook up, right? No. If you don't have any emotional connection. You don't get that feeling? Because that's when I get it, no. too, if I don't have an emotional no, connection with somebody. To be perfectly yeah. honest I'm with just you. like, ugh, why did I do this? Whereas if I am if I just had sex with somebody like I love or I'm in a relationship with, I usually don't have that feeling because it's re- it, there's I'm, I'm moved on to a different feeling of like, oh, now we get to watch a movie or go have dinner or do something. I mean, I relate to that feeling where sometimes you've hooked up with somebody and you're like, whoa, didn't did want to do that. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I think a lot about the best moments of my life and some of the best moments of my life, honestly, are, you know, like when I was living in New York and I would be, you know, drunk, having sex with some total random gross stranger until six o'clock in the morning going to sleep for an hour, stumbling into the subway and like going to work and doing it again the next night. Those were some of the best times of my life. You know, I mean, and it felt so free and indulgent and like more than that, it was about the, the ego is not the right word here, but it was about being a conqueror. It was about having value, knowing that I could go and spread my seed around and that made me feel so good. It made me feel amazing about myself but and my in ego. the totality. But after you had your hookup, did you have that? No, no, no? you no always fact. were like, ah, oh, this is fun. Okay, but I that, mean, maybe a little tender around the edges, you know, mm-hmm. but not that fucking like. Sh- again, I am trying to avoid saying shame, but that after you jerk off, it's like. Ugh. Well, so that but that's the thing. So some people feel as you're saying you you feel that feeling after a hookup, right? So this feeling of this sort of. I don't know. It's like a it's like a negative space or something like that. You feel this like strange feeling afterwards. Some people feel it after hooking up. Some people feel it after jerking off. Some people feel it after eating a piece of cake. Some people feel it after <laughs> yeah. you can you can do. I mean, we live in L.A., right? Yeah. So it's like eating carbs. Like it could be fucking eating brown rice for fuck's sake. Yeah. But, right? <laughs> people Disgusting. people encounter this feeling in all different aspects of their life. 
the 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 issue is not to link it to this or that phenomena and culture but to understand that that feeling rises up in you for a certain reason in certain aspects in your life this is i mean it's essentially what <laughs> it's essentially what freud calls the death drive so Freud discovered this little thing, like when he—I'm <laughs> saying it's—it's it's little, but it actually ended up being really huge for him. And he's describing this child who had—I um, think it was a wheel on a string. This—it's God. Toys used to be so lame, but this this <laughs> kid had like a wheel on a string, and he was like throwing it, and then he would like pull it back, and then he'd have it again, and he'd throw it, and he'd pull it back, and he'd have it again. And what Freud realized was that he—the kid wanted to miss it. Like, it wasn't that he wanted to hold in his hand, but he actually wanted to miss it. We actually crave, there's a part of us that craves and enjoys that feeling of missingness, of negativity, of lack, all that kind of stuff. Some of us crave it in different situations than others. Some of us crave it in the masturbatory act. So what I would ask you is for you to consider why you want that every time you jerk off to porn. Why I want what? That feeling afterward. The bad feeling. You're saying I want the bad feeling. Yeah, I'm saying you enjoy wow. the bad feeling. I'm not saying that you... I, want, want is a confusing word to people, and so is like like. Right. But enjoy is maybe a better term for it. It's an intensity which you keep going back to again, right. I'm assuming probably three times today already, <laughs> that you go back to again and again. Room. You keep eliciting. Why, why, do, I, why do I Currently keep right going? now, just before right. we start the podcast. Right. We, we keep evoking that experience for a reason because it does lend something to us. And so... What the, the idea is to understand why that experience is where it is in your life, to begin to appreciate it there, and to uh, sort of let go of the idea that you're not supposed to have that feeling. It's not that I'm not supposed to have it. It's that having sex with a woman is an achievement. You know, I mean, having sex with a woman is hard. It's very fucking hard. Getting to the having sex point yeah. or the actual having sex point? You know, point? you should hear... My friends who are single tell me the most insane stories of the shit they have to go through to sleep with women in, mm -hmm. in L.A. I mean, in New York, it's a lot easier, but... So the negative feeling is front-loaded instead of back-loaded in that. Right. It, true. So here you have to jump through hoops and hoops and hoops, but when you get the thing, that's an achievement. I mean, it's hard to do. You did something that's hard, and you did something that's extremely natural for men. You sprayed your seed around. You know what I mean? You got you got one in. You know what I mean? You got you got one in the hole. Whereas <laughs> uh, jerking off is a waste. It's it's an automated, not jerking off to internet porn is an automated. Uh, Matrix-like, industrialized, like convulsion. Yeah, it sounds really hot. <laughs> <laughs> Machine sex. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, again, I I totally understand what you're saying. And yeah, there's a reason clearly that I that I do it. And yeah, I think it is interesting to look at it as front-loaded pain versus back-loaded pain. You know, are you falling into a but masturbatory why, why, hole? Why, I guess why is the pain? It makes sense why the pain happens on the front end when you're chasing real pussy. But on the why does masturbation on the back end where where does that negative chasm like wait, why is it there? You know? Right. So is it's God putting it there? No. <laughs> it's different it's different <laughs> for it's different for everybody. So people can appreciate wherever 
so someone might say, well, you appreciate the chase, right? So, but you don't actually, it's not really about the sex. It's about chasing after the sex and then getting it, right? Whereas masturbation is providing you with sex right from the beginning. So that chase aspect is going to show up because that's what you like. So you're going to uh, feel that dissatisfaction wow. afterward. Interesting. There's a great joke. Man, There's this interesting. philosopher um, who is sometimes awesome. I actually really like him, although I disagree with a lot of what he says. This guy, Slavo Zizek. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I know Zizek. Yeah, so yeah, Zizek yeah. makes this like great joke about this. So he says, there's a guy and a woman uh, on... Or no, there's a guy, and he says Cindy Crawford because he's a little outdated with his references <laughs> sometimes. But there's, a, there's a man on a desert island with Cindy Crawford, and they're like just stuck there. And they're the only two people on the island, and he's like... He's like, I want to have sex with you. I want to have sex with you. She keeps saying no. And finally, one day, she says, yes, okay, fine. And so they have sex. And afterward, he gives her this, like, hat and, like, a mustache made out of, like, grass or something. He's like, can you just hold this up? And she's like, what? He's like, I know it's a little weird, but can you just do it? And she's like, sure. So she puts the hat on and holds the mustache. She goes, hey, check this out. I just had sex with Cindy Crawford. (laughs) (laughs) So the, the idea being that what we find satisfactory isn't always the most obvious point right. of satisfaction that we derive um we derive completion from things that might actually seem to be sidelined or or just you know like not the actual thing itself so when i say you're enjoying the chase um and then the act like justifies the chase you know so masturbation is a little backwards it's like the act is there and the chase comes after um, which is a weird thing to deal with, but you might be locating um, the pleasure sort of in the wrong. Uh, it's place. a very interesting macro perspective, but I I also think is masturbation to internet porn every day is that a healthy thing? Uh, particularly, I mean, look, let's look at it economically. Then you know, well, in Japan, they have anything, these herbivore. Anything men. you can ask about is a healthy thing or not, depending on how you're using it. Right, right. but so I'm saying is the of widespread availability of internet porn. In Japan, for example, it's leading to huge swaths of the population just straight up checking out from the mating game. You know, they're 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 called herbivore men. It makes up like 20, 40% of the population who they just say, Nope, I'm not I have no chance, right? Because I'm not one of these alpha males. Girls don't want me. How do you know it's you leading know? to that? Because it's a big you can read about it. It's a like an economic, it's a huge threat to their future because they're not reproducing. But you you keep saying it's leading to it. Is it correlated? Yeah, oh, we, totally. Or is it causing? What, what do you mean? Do you know what I mean? Like just because there's a r- bunch of internet porn and a bunch of guys doing that. Oh, right. It's not necessarily. Okay, no. So my thesis is, yeah, no, I don't think they've showed that one leads to the other. Okay. But my my thesis is that if they didn't have that release easily available in the mechanistic sense, they would be forced to get the fuck out there and have babies which would be healthier for society uh, well i would agree that i would first of all say that having babies like the worst thing you can do on the planet <laughs> right now <laughs> literally like population like having a child is like the most horrible thing you can do for the environment and the economy right now so first i would say that second i would say i would question what why it's healthy this is like what i talk about when i talk about sex and porn addiction when people are like oh, i have porn addiction you know sometimes i jerk off to porn like two hours a day 
And I'm like, well, fuck, like how many hours a day do you work? And they're like, well, like eight hours a day. I'm like, Jesus, it sounds like your work addiction is really getting <laughs> porn. Like, so it's like, where, where do we place the emphasis? And it's like, what is healthy for us? So you've got to be able to take that view of things. It's like, it might seem unhealthy in a certain context. It seems extremely unhealthy for me for people to have to participate in an economic system that says, work or you're going to fucking die. Oh, well, no doubt. We're going to kill no you. Doubt there, yeah, yeah. And sure. then when you like take off two hours to like do this thing with your body and symbolic pictures on a screen to actually generate pleasure, people are like, that's an addiction. You're fucked. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Right. That's terrible. It's like, well, no, no, hold on. Like, actually, the thing that's bad is that I'm making like, I'm like working at this fucking disgusting place to make apps to, you know, make it easier to buy like balloon blow up toys for my fucking pool you know like or it's like some some dumb bullshit like that that the world definitely doesn't need then it is just people just jerking off and making themselves feel good well and the interesting about what you're saying is that the herbivore men in japan actually don't work either so they sit at home so that's in a way it's like almost maybe the availability of porn allows them to rebel in the best way they can which is just refusing to play refusing because if they had to go out and get laid They'd need money, which would mean they'd have to participate in the oppressive workforce. And so maybe this allows them to unplug in a lot of ways that will hopefully change society. Yeah, I agree. And I think people have compulsive relationships to all sorts of things, right? right? Well, yeah, because certainly some addictions are not good. I mean, being addicted to some things is bad, right? I mean, alcohol. Yeah, I think it's an individual. I think it's individual thing, right? Like, so uh, sure, like alcoholism here looks very different than alcoholism in Ireland, right? Right. Like the ways that there we would all be alcoholics. And and also, what you're saying about um, um, what you're saying about okay, so is, is it correlated? Is it whatever? Like, obviously there are all kinds of factors in Japan that make this correlation happen. So it's not because that porn is available pretty much everywhere. I mean, unless we're just talking about tentacle porn, you know, <laughs> like that, yeah, yeah. the porn is available everywhere. So why is it happening there? There are very specific reasons for that, that are, you know, the contextual sort of cradle for that kind of stuff happening. And I don't exactly know. I'd have to look into what you're talking about a little bit more to know, but yeah. Um, so how did you, the, the thing I've been really curious about is how did you get into porn? Like, what was that first was there a, a debate that you were having? Like, what was that first moment when you're like, all right, I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> uh, like I was like, all right, no, uh, guys, don't turn the cameras on. Just go ahead. Let's do it. Uh, like I said, I'd wanted to do it m- most of my life. I think all guys, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a generalization, but I think all guys, it's like, think about doing it at one point or another. And more and more people do do it with their phones or, Whatever. I mean, make pornography. Um, I mean, we're certainly all pornography for the NSA. They have, <laughs> for a while, all our dick pics and tit pics and everything. So we're all porn stars in a way. But um, I think that the idea for me was it just evolved over time, you know? So when I was a kid, I was like, shit, the cool kids are talking about porn. I want to be what they talk about, you know? And also, holy shit, like people give and receive pleasure for as a job. Like why would anybody want to do anything else? Like you want to be a banker? That's dumb, you know, (laughs) like whatever I thought. And then as I got older, it just sort of evolved, you know, um, I was an English instructor at university of Massachusetts and Western New England college. And 
I so that's what you did after college. I was in grad school and I was a professor. I was a I was a TO, which means you have your own classes. And then nice. I also was an adjunct uh, instructor at a different college at the same time. And it was up there somewhere up in New England. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And um, so, how old are you at this time? Then I was in my late twenties. Late twenties. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this. Ha- oh wow. So this happened late. Pretty I'm forty. Late. I'm forty. So yeah. 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 So um. So I I definitely was like. You know, so I'm so I'm I'm doing that work as a professor, and I just started thinking like, there's something dead about this, sexless, gross that I didn't like, and uh, I had this other dream, you know, and it was this dream I had had since I was young, which was to be a porn performer, and um, I thought I need to throw a wrench in the gears of my future, like really fuck my life up. And because I knew there would be lots of stigma and obstacles to overcome and all that kind of stuff. So, um, how do I, how do I fuck my life up so bad that if I'm not awesome, no one's going to care about what I do anymore. Mm -hmm. It was like that challenge. Jumping off the cliff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm still like, you know, there are still times when I fall, slip and fall back down. It's hard, you know? Um, because the shit against it is always on, you know, in this room even. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I, so I, uh, so I think that, and so I moved to San Francisco with that in mind. I told my students like the last day of class, they were like, what are you going to do? I was like, I think I'm going to move to San Francisco and be a porn star. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wow. do that. Right. So, um, <laughs> so I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about how, inappropriate people would think that is now to like just express the truth of the thing that's on your mind to your students even though they're adults yeah um so then i moved to san francisco i got a job teaching right away which is like unheard of um you don't just get a job as a professor but i got a job like right when i got out there and the day i was supposed to start i was like or the day before i was supposed to start i was like i can't do this this is like i have this other stuff i want to do and um so I just called and was like, I'm not coming to work tomorrow. Sorry, you guys got to find Whoa. someone else. It's kind of shitty. And then um, I was asked to be in a commercial for a bathhouse, which was came about. I don't even know how that came about. Like a TV commercial? Yeah, it was like there was a film festival that was – the LGBT film festival was sponsored by – like a bunch of people on this like bathhouse chain was one of them, right? So they asked me to be in this commercial and um, the people who – the production crew owned a porn studio. So they came, the two guys came up to me afterward and they were like, have you ever thought about being in porn? Oh, that's serendipitous. Yeah. And I was like, have so, I ever <laughs> not thought about being <laughs> yeah, in porn? You know? so like, I ever? Well, yeah. I've been waiting for this <laughs> exactly. question for 30 years. Turn that's on amazing. the camera now. Exactly. So that's like, that's that, that says a lot about like willing thing, you know, like what do they call yeah, it? I secreted it. Yeah. yeah you just yeah. like made it happen without even actually trying. That's amazing. So what was the first one you were in? Um, it was called, steamy encounters I think and uh it was it was a weird thing for me because I wasn't attracted to any of the guys and there were like five of them um it was like an orgy scene so I'm just like thrown in the deep end (laughs) and it's like we're all like fucking in a gym (laughs) yeah but I but I was so aroused just by being in porn that there's a scene where (laughs) there's like 
so there are two cameras going. One is like showing the one side of the gym. One is showing the other side of the gym. And there's like just guys fucking on all the equipment. And so I came once like, and then I came again and I was like on one side and like my cum like flies into the <laughs> other like, scene. Humble so, brag. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing humble about that. <laughs> so, uh, so, <laughs> so that is, I was like, Oh, I guess like, this is going to take care of itself. Like I didn't have to worry about like, I'm not into these guys or whatever. Like it just all just, so no like nervous dick problems at all. That's what I'd be afraid. I'd be so scared. My dick just wouldn't work. Yeah. Cause it's like, I'd be so nervous. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm a professional. Yeah. yeah, There's a reason there's some people can be pros. Some people can't. That's damn true. Yeah. Wow. And so how'd you feel? And right afterwards, was there any feelings of regret or anything? Or? No, I had some feelings of, of, I would fear beforehand. And I called my friend and she said, she was like, why are you feeling ashamed of this? You know? And she was like, people who do things that they don't want to do in their lives, like they should be right. ashamed of their jobs or their, you're doing what you want to do. And I was like, oh yeah. And then it was gone. Right. That. Yeah. And it's so important to do that thing where you throw yourself. That's what, you know, I published a book, as you know, philosophy and fucking in Vietnam about, you know, sleeping with prostitutes and doing drugs as a lawyer in Vietnam. And I, when I was publishing it, I really almost didn't name it that. And I, you know, everybody was like, don't do this. And I was like, no, you know what? I cannot be a fucking lawyer. Like, I can't do this. And I know if I publish this book, I will never really be able to be a fucking lawyer again. I mean, maybe yeah, in some good. weird yeah. capacity, but it was like sealing. You know, you cut off the fucking arm and you seal it. <laughs> it's you good burn to it shake off. shit up. Yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah. That's the problem I always have is I get comfortable and then I realize like, oh, I have to destroy everything in totally. order to like <laughs> right. get anything done. <laughs> right, because right. otherwise I just live in my little rut yeah. of, of life. Yeah, and that's really where I think... That those are the people who feel shame or not shame regret in right. their lives is that I, I never tried you know I never really fucking tried no. you know I think you I think the way you said it is really good it's like every once in a while you have to like look at your life and be like okay yeah I got to destroy this right now yeah you know that's that's like the trickster figure it's like it d- creates and destroys you know and you need both those things happening constantly to just become something that's worthwhile in the world for people, you know? Yeah, totally. Or, or to stand up uh, for something. So how's it going in your life now? I mean, are you still doing porn at all or how, how's it, what's happening? Now? Yeah. I mean, I made one porn this year. I, it was like three scenes and I made two last year. I don't do it that much anymore because I'm like a little fat and like, I like my body this way. And I just, it's like, the upkeep of that was is really demanding. Uh, I can imagine. But um but I still always wanna do it. It's like it, and there's no point in me not doing it now. It's like that's I there's enough movies out there that's like I never like I never have to worry about anyone like stealing my phone and seeing all the like the naked <laughs> pictures. <laughs> yeah, and at like, all. Well, it's whatever. out there. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, like who, who cares? Nobody you know? can hurt you at all. Yeah, yeah, like you can't it's really hard to blackmail a porn star. Well, so, like, but the only thing that sucks for you, which is bothersome to me, is that your ideas are so fucking good and your experience is so unique that what I hate is that a lot of entities in the mainstream are allowed to deplatform you immediately or, or they're allowed to disregard your opinion immediately because you've done that, you know? And it's like, Oh, he's a porn star. He can't know what he, he's fucking talking about. Whereas really the fact that you've done that means, you know, a lot more. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, so that fu- sucks. So fu- no, well, it doesn't suck. It's the fuck them. I mean, they you, they don't actually like a lot of those people don't deserve and would not receive my time anyway. Yeah, like I wouldn't. You know, I mean, I <laughs> I won't like go through a huge like humble brag list of like <laughs> shit that I've turned down. But like there have been like places that have asked me to do stuff, and I'm just like fuck you. Yeah, like, you bullshit. You know. So I don't. I mean, for me. Yeah, it's closed some doors, but it's opened way more interesting ones for me. And the people that are ready, like, to contend with this weird thing that I am, like, then they get to hang out with me. Right. You know? Well, and I, that's one thing, good thing about Trump, I think, I hope, is that he proved that <laughs> you cannot be this sort of patrician. What? We're about just sort of like wondering where this was going. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know where it's going. Yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Okay. It's, no. it's you who gets surprised. No, I, I'm just saying it's like hopefully his past and him being this absurd person will lead to the, the opening of the Overton window to where now people with a little bit more uh, stuff in their past can now – it won't just kill them immediately. You know, now it won't be like, Oh, you did this. You're a ridiculous person. You said this and now you're done. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think that that would have been better handled by someone that wasn't him. That's the problem because as soon as you're right, like he was, it was like this Jesse Ventura moment where he was this sort of outlier weirdo that became this really powerful person. But as soon as he became that, he was absorbed into something that was much more powerful. That's than true. Him. And unfortunate. And it's unfortunate. And Steve Bannon, in his interview on 60 Minutes, talks about the moment that that happened. Uh, that there was like a, a paradigm moment right after the election where they were like, are we going to stay on the path that we're on of being totally against everything? You know, like, yeah. uh, totally anti establishment against the Republicans, against the uh, total, like, we're going to get outsiders nobody's ever even heard of in here. And there was the other side where they were like, no, we need to form a government. You have to play by ball. And the form a government side won. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, it's... It'll it's always win. Honest. It'll always that win. If you, because the decision to enter into it means that it's won already. I mean, that's usually the case. Right. It's like the, the moment you decide to sort of walk into that structure, it's like becoming a Borg, you know what I mean? Right, like I you, know. That's, you walk in and it right. starts putting, like, replacing your eyes with laser beams and, like, And it's slowly but like surely a, everything yeah. is replaced. And that's why, you know, I went to law school and I went to school in D.C. to be in politics, and that was exactly what I realized. It was like, there's nothing... There's no way to do this without becoming the problem. There's no way. And that's yeah, why I don't give a happen. fuck if those people ask me on their stupid Shows, whatever. Right. Yeah, fuck them. It sucks. They're it's garbage. Though, that we're realizing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite memories uh on on the porn side is when I worked at Hustler TV. We started a gay porn arm of the channel and nobody that worked in any of the levels of that business were gay. So they were just making terrible decision after terrible decision. <laughs> they Hustler Video had a, a gay arm called His that they bought from VCA they bought VCA in like the 90s. So they made all this gay porn down in Brazil with like undernourished, <laughs> like really gross looking dudes. And I remember saying to them, I was like, this is gross. Like, we don't want to put this on our channel. And the, all the straight dudes at Hustler Video were like, no, this is good, man. Uh, it's good content. People like it. <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. Somebody suggested we put trans porn on the gay porn channel. And I was like, no, gay men don't really want to watch that. What do, what do gay men want to watch? 
What do gay men want to watch? Because well, you're bi, so you you Why are the, you guys the just day do a few things, and I'll tell you if I want. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's my good. Wor- my that's worst good. nightmare. No. <laughs> what does that mean? What do gay men want to watch? I don't know. I mean, you. The, I I find your sexuality so fascinating because you are very quiet about it. And you seem to understand both sides. You're kind of a credibility, you know, you have credibility on both sides. So, well, game, individual gay men have individual tastes. Well, but, but yeah, I was gay men don't want to see. I wasn't into those five guys. You weren't into the guys in that first porn. Whereas for me, it's like, if it's a porn star, I'm going to want to fuck her. It doesn't matter. If, if there were five girls in a room of all varying shapes and sizes and whatever, you'd want to definitely fuck all five of them? If No, but if they're porn stars, yeah, because porn stars are a short, certain shape generally. Are I mean, they? Unless it's totally I don't know. different. I don't know. More varied than that. I, th- okay, I think, I think you're just not right, letting right, men right. have the same, gay men have the same taste as straight men. Like, you, well, have, you have a type, right? What do you like? Uh, I have a type when it comes to like girls I want to date. I don't have a type when it comes to girls I want to sleep with. Really? I mean, besides being attractive. What does that mean? It could be any type as long as you're not unattractive. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Do you see how that's vague though? Like, yeah. I so do. you have a type. You're, you're, you're. What you find attractive may not be what everyone finds okay, attractive. Yeah, I, I get. So it's the same thing. Gay men like watching a variety of things. Hmm. You know, they don't really like watching transgender porn. Like I mean, the people some of in my them company, do, some, of them some do. do yeah, but I watch straight porn all the time. By the way, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I mean, uh, but, but uh, do you watch it for the guy or, or both, or do you watch it for the whole the whole experience? It's uh, for the whole experience. The whole, the whole. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a different whole. Experience. Yeah, I mean, I think there's I, there, there's all uh, there's lots of different reasons why I watch straight porn. I mean, one is that I. Straight porn was available to me before gay porn was, right. so there's that, as it is for most gay men. Um, there, there's the fact that I know everybody in gay porn now. Oh, so that's that, weird. Although like, I know, hey, I now know most people in straight porn too. <laughs> so that's also this other, but um, and but I think that there's there's just a different interaction between a man and a woman that I like seeing what's happening with the guy in that like situation. What, what, how would you describe that? It's kind of like your like sort of ridiculous thing that you just said about yourself, which is this like sort of um, <laughs> this like desperate enthusiasm, you know, <laughs> like that turns me on. Like, oh, my God, I get to fuck. I get to fuck. I get to fuck. Whereas gay guys, it's like, yeah, I th- had sex like seven times last right. night. You know, so Whereas the guy is really excited. No, I know that the, get, the porn star guys are like probably fucking, you know, it's two times a day much, or right. whatever. But it's like that comes across somehow. But also I become more attracted to women as I get older too, which is another weird, frightening thing um, Mm. to contend with. But um, I think, so there are all sorts of reasons, but I just bring it up to say, yeah, I mean, we all can watch anything. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's not just about who's in it or whatever. There are all sorts of factors. Yeah. Right. You feel more educated now? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, we give you some viewing material for later. No, I mean it's a good point that you make uh, about wh- why am I attracted to a skinny woman with big tits and not a really f- morbidly obese woman? You know why? It why is one of those attractive and one of those not attractive? Right? Sure. You know. Yeah. Did somebody tell you that's attractive, or did you decide? Yeah, and you want to know something else that's really weird? Whenever I'm like gonna jerk off, you know what I always like? I always I don't. like. 
the a Brillo glove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love a Brillo glove. No, a dog I, to be in the room. <laughs> I, I need a Brillo glove because I'm fucking circumcised, circumcised which is bullshit. But anyway, uh, no, I I um, I always go for most viewed. Oh really? Yeah, I always like the top. The top. You're ones. popular. It's very Jewy. Yeah. It's like yeah. I need to be the best. I need the best thing. I go for, for the me. highest rated. Yeah, no, no, I go highest rated. Highest rated, same thing. The critic rating or the viewer rating? Whatever <laughs> whatever the stars are on there. Well, I've been upset by the fact that the highest rating kind of has fallen off. It doesn't really mean highest rated anymore because nobody mm. actually rates. So now I do most viewed because I, I want really the most popular. Oh, that's right. And my tastes go very much in line with what is popularly considered attractive. That's you want to feel included? Like. Is that part of what it is? And this might also have to do with your masturbation like thing because you you're not included. What is it? What is it? What do you mean not included? Well, like the idea of being sort of in the company of a lot of other people. So like when you talk about like, oh, right. I get to like shoot my sperm everywhere and like fuck this woman and like conquer or whatever. It's like, again, it's like the Zizek thing. So then you have a story, you have this like yeah. image of yourself right. and you have an image of yourself as engaging with like the hottest women that everybody wants to fuck when you're watching that porn scene, you know, because right. it's so popular. Yeah. You know, it's, I know there's some weird subconscious thing that tells me like this is this means I have high status because this girl is mm. has a perfect body right right now right even though that perfect body will completely change in thirty years yeah you know what I mean but you can I don't think I'm gonna go Kant on this one and say you can't separate it the 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 societal indicators of uh, attractiveness are arbitrary for sure but that is attractiveness. You know what I mean? The, the the urge to fuck that thing for whatever reason is inseparable from those societal cues. Well, it's it's separable it's separable for porn performers because like look, when I <laughs> so like there's this thing that I like my ex-boyfriend called prairie dogging. So like if you're at a gay bar and like some dude with like giant pecs and like biceps come in, all the gay guys are like, hmm. like, all, like <laughs> look over at the door at the same time. I don't do that anymore because it was like, okay, so for eight, especially for like the really intense, like six or seven years where I was making tons of porn, it was like, it was like, okay, I'm getting paid to have sex with guys that have better bodies and bigger dicks than you. Why the fuck would I look at you? Like I'm getting paid. Like you're nothing to me. Right. Like for me to have sex with you, I got to get paid. So like, suddenly the things that I was actually a little more attracted to that I was not permitting myself came to the surface. So I think I'd be That's interested really in, in like knowing yeah. the thing that you guys are into that you don't, right. that you sort of resist or you would be kind of like ashamed right. to let What would know. I be into if I could get Leo DiCaprio pussy all the time? What would I actually want? It's a fucking great question. I don't know. I don't think I can know until I'm there, you know, right? No, I feel like you might know. Like you know, like every once in a while, it pops up when you're, you know, in your in your masturbation Rolodex. I just, I love like be? I asked that, and I'm like pressing you guys, and one of you's just like, uh, f f fucking sea lions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sea lions. I'm sorry. Sandwiches. <laughs> there was a really funny meme on 4chan the other day where. It was somebody said, post your fetish. And it was like, you know, some anime things. And then somebody just posted a picture of a guy sticking his dick on a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the comment was, what on earth? <laughs> That's really funny.
If you enjoyed this podcast, there are several ways you can support it. You can leave reviews on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. You can discuss it on your own blog or podcast, 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 podcast. podcast.